and welcome to Stop. Uh, can I do it once, please? <laughs> can she do it for once, please? Okay. Sassy today. Very sassy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a little something extra with me, Third DG, and my mom, Nessie Gianni, Chief Leaf Officer. Oh, yeah. And the, and the guy in the back, my brother, Franco. Franco Paul Gianni. All there right. It is. Thank you. In <laughs> the house. <laughs> Hi, Franco. Hello. Hello, Hello. Franco. Hello. Hello. All right. So, <laughs> this is an exciting episode. <laughs> this is all about hard work and determination. Those are like what I live by. Like work hard, play hard. We have to do it every day. And our guest today is like, she lives that to the fullest as an Olympian bobsledder. She takes our workouts that we think are hard work and takes them to another level. I'm really, really excited to see how the hard work and determination has gotten her to where she is today. I'm really, really excited. So this is going to be an awesome, awesome episode. I work hard and I am determined. Oh, nice. Working hard and determination keeps you on the top of your game? Yes. All right, girl. I Special like Olympics. It. And you are in Special That's Olympics. True. and Killing it. And Gigi, you know, hard work and determination are the key components in trying to find your something extra. Because without them, you'll never know what that something extra is. That's right. Yeah. It's what fuels your motivation and inspiration. Your something extra is what fuels your passion. It's what makes you who you are. And hard work and determination are a huge part of who our guest is today. And actually, it's a huge part of who all of us are. No, there's no doubt. I mean, do you think that everyone out there has that, that sense of hard work and determination within them? Or do you think that's a trait that you're either born with or something that you might pick up along the way? I think that we're all born with it, and sometimes we just have to find it. Sometimes it takes hard work and determination to get you to your something extra. Yeah. Because it's not just going to be happened by sitting by, letting your dreams go by. It's action. Action is what brings you to your little something extra. It's not just going to happen. Life doesn't just come to you and, oh, greatness happens. You make greatness happen. And I think it also kind of falls into the fact that when you have that something extra – um, it, there's something, this trigger in life that kind of like sparks it. And you're kind of like, this, this is my motivation now. This is what is going to fuel my, my hard work and my determination. So I think they kind of play into each other that like you find your something extra through, um, the experiences in life, totally. but then you also become, it kind of amplifies your hard work and you determination. You channel them. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when, when I think about me, I have a big mouth. That, that's that's my little something extra. And now I've I found a way to channel it in a positive way. Right and up. that did take a lot of hard work and determination. So I love that that's, that's what we're talking about today. And I love yeah. that our guest is um, all about that. Speaking of hard work and determination, it kind of this is playing into my Gen G moment. Mm. And, and I want to give a shout out to some people down in Little Rock, Arkansas. Woo! So Little Rock. Little Rock. Love so, Arkansas. Um, and this was actually something that was submitted because we've actually asked our whole network of, of people at Gigi's to send in stories of, of Generation G and, and, and just incredible things that are happening out there so that we can share. So one of the ones that was sent in to me is um, for, from Little Rock. And if you didn't know, there's a lot of policies in place in this country that um, are causing people with development abilities to be disqualified from so many different things. And I think it's a form it's of a, systemic discrimination. Is, 100%. Is the right word of, of 
to use for that. And one of the worst policies put in place that's actually a law in our country, and I think almost every state, is that um, people with disabilities are disqualified to receive uh, organ transplants. And not just because it's they're disqualified because of their diagnosis, not because of anything else. And I mean, how messed up is that? So if you want to, if you're a child with Down syndrome that um, needs a heart transplant, you are going to be taken off that list for anyone else in front of you purely because you have Down syndrome. And it's unfair because there's a lot of, uh, one of the main issues with children with Down syndrome when they're born is that there are heart defects and issues with their hearts. And so there's so many of these kids that are just being disqualified from being able to receive that care. But anyway, um, luckily, there's world, this world's filled with hard workers and determined workers that want to change the world. So one of the board members on Gigi's Playhouse Arkansas is also, on the, is also a state senator um, in that state. And she's drafted a law making it illegal to discriminate against a person with a developmental disability in need of an organ transplant. Whoop, whoop. Which is just so huge because well, it needs to happen. It just implies that they're not worthy or that right? they're less than. Like, it sounds like such, like, like just an old-time law. Like, something you would hear in, like, the 1950s. Well, like yeah. it sounds like it would be such, like, it sounds so dated, but it's just how do Yeah, so how do you prevalent. tell me, because my daughter has Down syndrome, she's not worthy of an organ transplant, but somebody who has abused their body for their whole lives can get that organ. Still get that organ, yeah. It's, it's absurd. It's, it's no different than the, the late-term abortions that you can, just because full of a Down syndrome condition. diagnosis, you could terminate a full-term baby. Yeah, it's like things that one word... Or one, that diagnosis is just the, the term Down syndrome disqualifies you from all of these things that aren't necessarily in place for anyone else. Yeah. So it's crazy. But uh, speaking on what that law is, it's called, Le I think, Leela's Law is, is, I think, her name. And that's named after a child with Down syndrome who a couple years back was requesting a new heart. Um, and was denied that due to her diagnosis. But luckily, she had some great surgeons that were able to patch up her heart. And she ended up – her heart is now healthy and fine. But her mom, Lainey, and the state senator who are both on that board, um, it was just a message that they wanted to send. So they named it Lainey's Law – or um, Lila's Law because it's just something that needs to happen. Yeah. And I think that the – the whole country needs to kind of like realize that this isn't just like something in Arkansas. Like it's not because like it's some Southern state, like, no, it's all across the country and it's something that needs to change. And there's a lot of policies in place um, that really do need to change. And I'm sure, and we're going to speak more on them in, in this episode and future episodes because yeah. we're just starting to realize now. Totally. And we're like the most unpolitical people in the world. So for us, it's like, it doesn't matter whose side anything is on. We just want to be on the right no, side. We just want to be on the right side. Well, the correct the side. Correct the side. correct side. Yes. We just want to be on the side that gives our kids a chance. But it really yeah. has really brought, you know, really made us understand why our kids are treated the way they are. Because this is a form of systemic discrimination, and it's it's continuing to happen, and that's why that we're not rising up. That's why you're not seeing, you know, there's all this state funding coming out, or all this government funding that's coming out for racial discrimination, for gender discrimination. What about for disability discrimination? Yeah. We, we don't have anything going on that. Nobody fighting for us. So that's what we're here to do is to give a voice to all of this. Yeah. All right, so today's guest embodies what it means to be an inspiration. She is an Olympic bobsledder, I said Olympic bobsledder, who will be competing in the 2022 Beijing Olympics. On top of being a super athlete, she is also a super mom. Whoop, whoop. She is the mother of her beautiful son named Nico, who just so happens to have Down syndrome. But she hasn't let that diagnosis hold her family back. 
She has instead used her <laughs> amazing platform to help create a better world for her son and everybody with Down syndrome. So without further ado, welcome awesome Olympi Olympian Alana Myers-Taylor. Myers-Taylor. Woo-woo! Hey. guys. How's it going? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh. So awesome. Like, I can't even tell you guys what it's like <laughs> when we see pictures of you out there training and you got the Gigi's Playhouse logo on your helmet. Woo woo. Representing. Yeah. Gigi's has meant so much to me and my family and, and Nico's getting so much benefit. It's just his short 13 months of life there that, you know, it was really cool to be able to rock Gigi's logo and my bobsled helmet. That's so cool. Well, tell me, like... Tell, first of all, we're going to get into bobsledding because I, I never really understood what the sport was. It is so cool. So I want to talk about that, just being a team sport and all that when we're done. But first, if you could just give our listeners a little intro into you and your family and how you became this amazing bobsledder. Yeah, so I've been bobsledding now for 14 to 15 years. Um, I started right out of college. Most people start out of college and get into it afterwards. But I actually had a dream of playing Olympic softball. And then softball was taken out of the games. Um, I didn't make the softball team, so I needed a new sport if I was going to make it. So my parents actually saw bobsled on TV and were like, hey, why don't you give this sport a try? I was like, sure, why not? I Googled it, emailed the coach, and got invited to a tryout. And then since then, I met my husband, who's also a bobsledder, met him in the sport. And this past year... Um, we just got done taking, competing on a bobsled tour, which I know is crazy given the pandemic and everything, but we competed on a bobsled tour and took my son, Nico, who I had in February of 2020. Um, we took him on tour with us and he's been world travel now and everything like that. So, you know, bobsled is a family affair. Um, I've got three Olympic medals, been doing it for a while now, and, and hopefully it will add some more to the pile, uh, this upcoming February. Oh my gosh, girl. Well, we are going to be rooting for you. That is so beyond cool that you were like, okay, what's next, man? Because I'm an Olympian and I need to know what, what, give me another sport because I am going to work my ass off and make it happen. And you did. Like, that yeah. is so beyond inspirational. That, that's called drive and passion, isn't it, Jeej? And, and I think that now using that drive and passion to help individuals with Down syndrome after Nico was born. And tell us a little bit about that. Was Did you have a prenatal diagnosis or did you find out at birth? I mean, I know I was blindsided at birth. I think the diagnosis, you always feel blindsided, whether it was prenatal or at birth. But what was your what was your experience? I don't, like, I know that we had talked last year, but I don't really, I don't remember. Yeah, we had a birth diagnosis. And part of the reason is because when they offered all the prenatal testing, for us, it never mattered anyways. Right. For us, it was, you know, First, we worked really hard to make sure we could have children. Um, and one of the big goals of my, me and my husband uh, was to, you know, start a family. And so when we were blessed enough to get pregnant, we didn't care. So no. it was like, it doesn't really matter whatever the testing is. Um, you know, it's our baby and we're going to do everything we can to make sure he or she at that time, we didn't even know the gender. Yeah. Um, has the happiest life possible. So um, Nico was born. Um, he spent a couple of days in the NICU, eight days in the NICU. And it was then in that NICU that we got the diagnosis. And even then when we got the diagnosis, it was all about next steps for us as Olympians, as people who are goal oriented is all about, okay, so what comes next? So you give us this diagnosis, but what does that even mean? Right. Um, and, you know, the worst thing you could do is Dr. Google. Yeah. Dr. Oh, Google gosh, yeah. the worst case scenario of everything. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, 
And without the physicians really telling us what it meant, you know, we kind of left in the dark. So, you know, for us, the first initiative was getting him out of the NICU. The second initiative was figuring out what comes next out of that. So that's kind of really all it went down. Uh, the beginning is really just a haze of like medical terminology and all this kind of stuff and just figuring out what's next. Right. I, I remember in the beginning, and you know what? I, I had um, just whatever the regular screening stuff they did, and they never saw her, never saw the Down syndrome. And I even had um, some of those, what are those, like the level two or level three ultrasounds beforehand because I was having some issues. So, I mean, literally three days before, we had a perinatologist in there doing the ultrasound, and they never saw the two holes in her heart. They never saw the Down syndrome. I think that God probably knew I would have been a total freak not knowing what was going on. And he was like, let me, let me just give you this beautiful package first so you could see her and fall in love, and then I'm going to tell you the rest. And that's kind yeah. of how – it's just – I mean, it's just so funny when I think about, like – you know, just how God hid it from me. You know what I mean? Knowing that I probably, yeah. I, I would have been like a total freak. I would have been in there trying to figure out what's going on. And, and and I think it's that fear of the unknown that scares so many people. And that's so hard on a, a prenatal diagnosis. We have so many moms who come to us at the playoffs with that prenatal diagnosis. And I, I can't tell you the relief that they feel when they walk in our doors and go, oh my gosh, these people are living large and celebrating life. And, and they, we're going to give them all the tools they need to succeed. And they walk out of their warriors. They walk out of their inspired. And I love that, that you're using your platform to help these new parents feel like warriors and be inspired and go, guess what? What's the end game? That, like, that, that's kind of what I'm looking at. You and Nick were like, all right, got mm -hmm. okay, down syndrome. What's the end game? A, a great mm -hmm. life. How am I going to give yep. that to them? How am I going to give that yep. to him? So I love, love your story, girl. Like, that's beyond awesome. Beyond and That's awesome. the problem, too, with the prenatal diagnosis sometimes is because, you know, I'm sure most people, when they get that prenatal diagnosis, do exactly what I did. You go straight to Google. Oof. And there's not a lot of positive information you find. But at least when you have the birth diagnosis, you're able to hold your baby. You're able to see them firsthand. You fall in love. And then you get the diagnosis. You're like, okay. What's okay. next? Yep. Versus that prenatal diagnosis, you don't have that feeling and you don't yeah. have doctors. For the most part, there are some really great physicians out there, but for the most part, it's all doom and gloom. It so is. hopefully I know there's a lot of organizations. I know GG's is really working to change that picture, but hopefully, you know, we get further along to, so people realize how lucky they are Absolutely. to have a child with Down syndrome. Well, and it's a powerful message like that, that, you know, and I love that you bring that up because just by diagnosis, you could terminate a a child with Down syndrome in your eighth month. You could, late-term abortion is legal if that child has Down syndrome in many states. I mean, what does that imply for our kids? You know, we, we were talking with this amazing mom the other day who has, um, she was 26 when she had her baby with Down syndrome. She's this um, huge, beautiful black um, advocate for our kids with Down syndrome. And she's this amazing black woman who said, you know what, she went to her doctor and he said 80% of people would terminate this, so what are you going to do? And she was like, I'm going to be the 20%. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm also going to stand up as a black woman in in this time and I'm going to say I am proud of my son and I'm of my daughter and mm -hmm. she is trying to be an influencer on, on um, Instagram and putting the word out there that, you know what, it's okay. 
we're getting, you know, hit double, you know, in, in different ways across society, but I'm going to put my son out there and I hope everybody else does too. And I love that you are putting, uh, I mean, her daughter, and I love that you're putting, you know, Nico and your family out there to say, you know what, this is okay. This is, this is who my son is and we need to accept everybody as they are. So I love, you know, but her with that 80%, you know, it just knocked her down. It was a prenatal diagnosis. She's first baby. She's 26 years old, not sure what's going to happen in the world. And she was actually having a hard time finding other black families that were out there celebrating their Down syndrome diagnosis and, and weren't keeping it more at home. And so she's really out there to bring a lot of awareness to that. So I'm, I'm just so proud of where all these moms are going in awareness for our kids. So the fact that when you called and said, I, I want to put this on my helmet, I'm like, girl, get it on that helmet. Get it out there. We need the world to accept our kids. We need to say you have, you cannot abort them at eight weeks, eight months just because they have Down syndrome. You cannot take them from organ transplant, take them off the organ transplant list just because they have Down syndrome. You mm -hmm. cannot segregate them. You cannot continue to do what the world has been doing because my child is valuable. My child is just as valuable as every other child in this world, and we have to have stop having these ideas that show that our kids aren't don't have value and they're not worth it. So you wearing that on that helmet girl is just whoop, whoop, bringing it all home for us. I think one of the coolest things that has actually come from that is it's open a conversation because one of the things that happens too, when you get the diagnosis is the doctors kind of scare you with the medical issues and you feel like, Oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to handle this. There's no way I'm going to be able to do all of this. And you know, I'm a working mom or I'm a working dad. And I've got a full-time job. How am I going to be able to do the therapies? How am I going to be able to do the appointments and all this kind of stuff? And, you know, part of what I'm doing, and I'm sure the other mothers are doing too, is showing that awareness is that, you know, I'm an Olympic athlete. It's a full-time job. You know, yeah. it is every single second is important, you know, whether you, what you eat, what you, how much you sleep, all these type of things. It's so important to hundreds of a second, four years down the line to winning a medal. And hopefully by showing that, you know, we're doing all this with a child with Down syndrome, with handling the medical appointments and the physical therapy and all this kind of stuff, that it can be done. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's not the easiest. I, I won't say that, but we've we've managed to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Which is so awesome, but that's a message that needs to be heard because I, I do think it, there's a lot of intimidation factor that happens that leads us to that 80% termination rate of just yep. it's your life has forever changed. Like if I would have known the amazing impact she was going to have on my other kids, I wouldn't have been so afraid. My, my biggest fear was like, oh gosh, what's, what's this going to be like for my other kids? Well, now I've got amazing, compassionate advocates for my daughter and for all people with special needs. You know, it turned them into the most amazing people they could possibly be. It didn't ruin their lives. And, and we have actually have geneticists who have said, you know, you got to terminate this pregnancy. It's going to ruin your other kids' lives. Their exact words. We had another doctor that said, when the, when the family refused to terminate, I don't expect my dumb dog to come in from out of the rain. What do you expect this child to do? His exact words. That's, Can you even imagine? So horrible. So horrible. But, and you know what, though? Here's, here's what we have to think about, too, is like, what do the doctors know about Down syndrome? Like, like you said, you Googled it. It was all negatives. That's what they see about our kids. You know, when when it, from medical school, there is some issues. There is some things that are negative, you know, and they, they need to see the positive side. They need to see the outcomes of what happens when you give them a chance. 
and when you give them the tools they need to succeed, because this is what happens. They have their own podcast. Right, Jeej? Right. Oh, yeah. Amen. Oh, you want to ask a question? Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's like, um, you're taking over. Can I ask my questions? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeej. I just love her. I'm so happy we got a chance to talk. Okay, go ahead, Jeej. Sorry. How long have you been bobsledding? I've been bobsledding for 14 years now. I took off the last season uh, to have Nico. So I guess, I think technically I've been within that same time period. Um, I'll go at least to the 2022 games. I'm not sure after that. Um, I want to have more children. Really one of those sports that combines because I'm a pilot. So I actually drive these sleds. Most people don't realize that in bobsled, you actually have to drive. Most people think you just lean. Um, so I'm actually in there driving. It's in a pulley system. You pull left and right to make this, the runners or the blades of the sled go left and right. Um, it's not very complicated. I could teach anyone how to drive a bobsled. Uh, but to be the best in the world takes a little something extra. Right. Um, as you say, yes, <laughs> you know, right. it takes a little something extra. So uh, bobsled, like I said, is has been the one of the most amazing things in my life because it's given me my my family. How did you and your husband meet? So me and my husband, Nick, we met in bobsled. Um, so I tried out for the team in 2007, and then he tried out in 2011. Um, so, and actually, I had spoken to him on the phone about him trying out and about him coming out for the team. Um, and I was supposed to be a real quick call, be like, okay, this is what you need to do to come out for the team and all this kind of stuff. And we ended up speaking for four hours. Oh, so that was even it. before we met, we had a really great connection. And then when we met, it was like within a couple of days of meeting, we were dating and then, you know, everything just went on from there. So we've been married since 2014. Um, uh-huh. So that's almost seven years now. So it's been, it's been a heck of a ride. That is awesome. Did you hear Nico? Nico's trying yeah. to tell a story too. Nico's yeah. like, I love my dad. I love this story. <laughs> he really him. does. They're like best buddies. Oh, I love Nico. You love Nico. I know yeah. we were showing her pictures. She's so we can't wait when hopefully we can meet you guys one of these days when you're not traveling, when you're home. We know you got a lot. I know you've been all over the place, even through the pandemic. Mm-hmm which was absolutely crazy. We never thought we would have a bobsled season, but you know, now before he was one years old, Nico was in Germany and Switzerland and Austria. So he's been all over the world already. <laughs> that is so awesome. And there, and that hat, I just love the whole, the whole thing. How was, how was your husband's Nick, right? His name is Nick. Yes. Yeah. How, how, uh, how was his reaction to the Down syndrome? I know that you guys are, you said that you guys are Olympians. You kind of just jumped in, but it's, it's a hard diagnosis, you know, for, for, for our dads, they like to fix things for us. You know what I mean? And this is something that can't be fixed. So how, I just wonder how was Nick, how was the, how did the family react all of that? So he is absolutely one of the most positive, if not the most positive person I've ever met. That's um, so, so awesome. When we, I love that. When we received the diagnosis, he was just like, okay, what does that mean? Like, it never phased him at all that it changed anything. And in our reality, it didn't change anything. So it was like, okay, so we've got this diagnosis. That doesn't mean anything. Whatever Nico wants to accomplish, we're going to do everything we can to let help him accomplish it. And at the end of the day, we're going to give them the best life possible. And that was the same thing that we would have said for with any child, any child we have. You know, you have those concerns as a parent with any child. Totally. You know, what are they going to be when they grow up? What are they going to do? What Are they going to 
want to drive? Are they going to want to do all these things? Are they going to be independent? You have that concern for any of your children. So um, all those questions we had, you know, before we ever got the diagnosis. So for Nick, it never even phased him. He's like, okay, what, what do we need to do first to get him out of the hospital? Second, what do we want to do going forward? What does he want to do? We're just going to let him guide us and, and go from there. That's so awesome. I have to, we have to meet Nick, Cheech. I want to meet yeah. Nick. Yeah. I want to yeah, meet him all. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, it sounds like he's amazing. What was your background? Like, what, how, when you, where did you grow up? What was your, give us a little bit about your background. So I actually grew up in Georgia, um, oh, spent most of my life there, which is not a cold weather state. So I was not exposed to bobsled <laughs> at all. Um, and he grew up in California. So both of us not coming from bobsled weather, we still to this day, both of us hate the cold weather, <laughs> but we tolerated to do our sports. So, so um, yeah. And then we grew up with a, a pretty normal childhood, um, played softball, basketball, soft, uh, soccer, you name it. We played it growing up and we're just very active. Um, Nick, uh, actually funny enough he did skateboarding for a while he did taekwondo he plays the guitar so he's really like a uh, multi-talented guy <laughs> yeah he, he's into a lot of things which actually I think helps us with Nico um, right. because my husband is also a natural coach and so he's used to um, explaining things breaking things down to essential levels um, to try and help anybody understand it um, you know and, and he's actually coach Paralympians and things like that and worked with a lot of different athletes of a lot of different abilities. So I've always had this sense that, you know, we were going to uh, have a child that had different abilities and different needs. I've always had that sense for some reason. So when we got the diagnosis, I feel like, you know, since we were kind of prepared for it. That's so awesome. I, you know, for me too, I, before we had Jeej, um, cause with I, Franco, my son, you know, I had no problem getting pregnant. Bella, it took us a long time. Then I was like, you know what? Maybe we're just not meant to. And we were going to adopt a child with Down syndrome. Can you imagine that? I, and then yeah. God gave us that. And I think, I, I don't think you're, and I think you're absolutely right. I don't think we can advocate in the way that we are without experiencing it and knowing why it's so important and why it has to be done. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's so key. Um, all right. So as you said, you know, this is called the Little Something Extra podcast. Look at you, just ready to point it out. And um, you ta- you touched a little bit on what is your Little Something Extra, but tell it to us again. I want to hear it again. <laughs> well, I mentioned a Little Something Extra is, is kind of what you need to make it to the next level of bobsled. But my my Little Something Extra in particular, I think, is a sense of humor. Um, in bobsled in Mm -hmm. life you have to have a sense of humor especially in bobsled because in bobsled it's one of those sports where as soon as you start like doing really well it finds a way to humble you in (laughs) amazing ways and humble you in the sense of like you might be crashing which a bobsled crash is not very fun like it's loud it's um most people don't really get too injured off of it but you could get hurt um and it's it's just not fun and as soon as you feel like you've reached like the highest level and you're all that you know you're on your head so for me that little something extra comes in the sense of humor and knowing that in the hardest of times the hardest of situations you've got to find a way out of it you've got to uh, find some comic relief because there's comic relief in every situation you just have to find it and and you know go with the remember flow. that yeah just go with the flow that is so awesome. You know what? I love that because here, here we have an Olympian here. It's not about drive and determination and waking up every day to be the best I can be. It's about knowing that, you know, you have to laugh. You have to have that sense yeah. of humor. You can't take yourself too seriously, especially for somebody who's as, as, um, 
passionate and driven. I mean, because that's what you have to be to make it to Olympian status. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, you just kind of kind of like take what life throws at you and try to like do, throw a positive swing on it and kind of just like be able to like laugh it off and be able to bring some just like lightheartedness to it all. And then I have a question as well. I got a couple actually. Um, so this specific episode that we're in right now is is all about hard work and determination. And and I know you were saying earlier the fact that you were originally trying to uh, be an Olympic athlete for softball, and now you're an Olympic athlete for bobsledding. So what would you say is like your motivation to work harder and stay that determined while uh, while training to become an Olympic athlete? So initially, my motivation was just the ability to represent this country. So I come from a military family, and I. Um, didn't, the military wasn't for me. So I felt like being an Olympic athlete was the best way to represent my country in another way. So there's a big sense of pride for this country within my family that runs deep. So I wanted to do everything I can to be at the highest level and try to represent the U.S. as best I can. Um, so that was the initial motivation. And, and, you know, for me, it was always a childhood dream to win an Olympic medal, stand on that podium and, and hear the national anthem. So that continues to drive me. But now my driving force has really changed. Um, Nico is my driving force, being able to show him that you can persevere through anything that you could um, set goals and, and go after them. And, you know, even if you fail, even if you don't accomplish them, they're still married in going after your goals and going for it. Um, and it's okay to fail. So showing him all those life lessons that sports teach you is now my motivation. Um, and also the thought that I could stand on top of the podium and, and hang a gold medal around his neck is, is pretty motivating as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Wow. That is solid, girl. That is solid. I, I, again, she keeps blowing me away. I'm spitting here. Sorry. She keeps blowing me away with her answers. You are like, you know, in your head, I, I kind of figure just like this serious, straight driven, you know, somebody who's got to train the way you have to train. I, you, I just pictured something different. And I'm, I'm just so pleasantly surprised <laughs> at your first amazing candor, who you are. You are a rock star. I, I really, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I feel so blessed. And could you imagine? As soon as she said that she, you know, wants to be there, I know it's your turn. You're next. I, she's like showing me it's my turn. <laughs> but as soon as she said standing there and, and, and hearing the national anthem, I don't know if you know this, but Gigi sings yeah, the national anthem. I want to tell her. That. Oh, you want to tell her? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I want. I sang the Cubs game. She sang it at the Cubs game in front of forty thousand oh, people. Awesome. Yeah. If Holy smokes! Tell her if she hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, what should she do? If you want to see a video, you should go to g3l.org and see it. You can see it there, or else what else can she do? On YouTube. Or she could Google it, right? Yeah. That's what you usually say. Usually she goes or Google it. I made that. That's what you say. I made that. Ah. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for her to say. Yeah, if you just Google it, Gigi sings the national anthem. It's awesome, and she sings it crazy cool. So we are going to sing it together with our Olympian. That would be a gift from God. She sings that. God bless America. She is a patriot. She is. She feels it in her soul like you do too. So that was really That's cool awesome. to hear you say that. Was really cool. So she would love to sing it for you because. Because I'm always nervous when I see the Cubs game. I was really nervous when she sang at the Cubs game. I mean, so how'd you? Were you nervous, Gigi? No, only her. Nope, just me. I mean, <laughs> when you think about that, she practiced again. That was something she had to practice for years. I mean, she had to build up the the muscle strength. She had to build up her core. Build up her core. That's a hard song to sing. The articulation of every single word. 
So she memorized it when she was a little girl. I mean, memorized it instantly. But then to properly articulate it and get all that out took her years, a years of practice, as you know, that that you know for that for that one reward of getting it out there and belting it. So definitely, if you get a chance, listen to it. She's actually supposed to be singing this year at the Cubs and the Sox game. So yeah. we're big Chicago fans. So that'll be really cool to see her do that again. Right? Right. Yeah, she's pretty excited about that. Okay, you can ask your questions now. Sorry. How often do you you work out? So right now, um, April is kind of our down month. So right now, I'm I'm literally just resting and recovering from the season. But from from May then to October, we go six days a week, um, sometimes double sessions. So it's four to six hours a day um, from May to October. And then October, we get on the ice. So our on the ice session alone will take four hours. And then you add our dry land training, which is running and lifting to that. So it's like anywhere from six to eight hours a day, starting from October to March or April on the other side. So it's definitely a full-time job. Wow. Yeah. What are the type of like different exercises that you guys, like muscle groups that you guys specifically try to work um, in order to everything? Like, yeah. I mean, so it's definitely a full body workout. Um, we focus on our legs. Lower body power is key to pushing our sleds are around 400 pounds. So pushing a 400 pound sled fast legs are key. Um, but we do full body lifts, um, really heavy lift uh, with lots of weights, but light repetitions. And then we do sprints, short sprints. Like I don't run anything over a hundred meters. Like it is very short. Like people all the time are like, Oh, well, why don't you do this 5k for this organization or that? And I was like, 5k, you don't understand is completely different than my training. Like completely counter uh, to what I do. So it's not something we do, but it's really short and explosive movements that we focus on. Is it scary to go so fast down the track? You know, I think if you ask that question to most bobsledders, they'd lie to you and say no. Uh, but the real answer is yes. I bet. Every time you go down the track, there's a possibility that something bad could happen. Um, there's a possibility you can crash. There's a possibility that somebody could not make it in the sled. There's all kinds of things that could go wrong. But for me, one of the coolest things about bobsled is you get to face that fear every single time you're on the track. Every single time you walk to the line, you make the choice that, you know, this something bad could happen. This is scary, but I'm going to do it anyways. And for me, that was something that was so empowering. That is something I really love about the sport. What is it like at the Olympics? Oh my gosh. Um, it is, a, it is amazing. Um, I think one of the highlights, which is cool that every athlete gets to do that. Well, actually, I don't know if they'll get to do it in Tokyo actually, but one of the highlights of any Olympics is the opening ceremony. Like when you walk in, um, you and all the other athletes throughout the world that have made it to that level are on the same playing field. You've all accomplished something so amazing. And it's before competition starts. So anything can happen for anybody. You know, people in that room are going to win medals and, and some aren't, but everybody's there competing and doing the best they can to represent their country. And also at that moment, at the opening ceremonies, there's no political alliances. There's no uh, politics in that sense. Everybody is just there celebrating uh, the Olympics and celebrating the accomplishment that everybody's made it there. And so it's been really cool. Like part of the Olympics is I've been able to, which is crazy because it's winter, but I've been able to eat with people from Pakistan. Um, I've been able to share bread with 
you know, people from South Korea, from all these different countries throughout the world. And some, you know, I might never get to visit and, and whatnot, but I've been able to meet athletes from there um, just because of the accomplishment of getting to the Olympics. So for me, it is one of the coolest things that I've ever been able to do uh, next to starting my family. Uh, but it, it's just the accomplishment of a lifetime. And, you know, it's just, Granted, you're there, you're there to compete, but at the same time, you just have to take a moment and celebrate the fact that you're all there just doing the best you can to represent your country. Absolutely. That's so crazy. I can't imagine the energy and excitement, like before it starts and everybody's like, yes, this, we made it. This is like your life goal. Mm -hmm. And there you all are together, those accomplished people. That that energy has to be crazy. Amen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm done. Go ahead, Gigi. Are you excited to go back to the to Olympics? Yes, I am very excited. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is just being able to have Nico there with me competing. Um, so that's cool. the okay. that's going to make it more special than any of the previous mm -hmm. Olympics before. Absolutely, and especially as he gets older too, when he and, and looks back like I was there when he's mm -hmm. old enough to understand that he was there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's like yeah. so cool. All right, sorry, Gigi, go ahead. Do you hope for Nico to be in sports like Nick and you? Here's the thing. He will be involved in sports at some level um, just because, you know, it's so important for health and so important for well-being and, and things like that. But we never, we've had this conversation numerous times, we've never had aspirations for our children to be Olympians or professional athletes or anything like that. For us, it's really about them pursuing whatever they're passionate about. And if it's playing the piano, then that's fine. If it's, you know, uh, studying math or science, that's fine as well. So anything they want to do, we're going to just be there to guide them and, and lead them in, in, um, and help, help them accomplish their dreams. But at the end of the day, it's their life, it's their dreams. So they're going to, they're going to do what they want to do. Um, they, like I said, they will play sports because I think it's important for developing lifelong habits to be physically active and fit and for the social aspects too of, of you know, being around the team and, and meeting new people and things like that. So I think totally. sports are important for anybody, but as far as whether or not he's going to be an elite athlete, you know, that's really going to be up to him. Alana, thank you so much for being on A Little Something Extra Day. We learned so much about you. We learned a lot about bobsledding, and we learned about passion. We learned about um, sense of humor and what it takes to be an Olympic athlete. How cool is she, Jeech? Awesome. 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 Well, maybe, I mean, she gave us some really good tips on being a hard worker. Did you say tips? I did say tips. Tips! Today, my tips are all about being a hard worker. Find your passion. Don't let anyone tell you cannot do it something. Be strong and always push forward. Keep your eye on the prize. Remember, there is always more work to be done. Those are some all right. awesome tips, Gigi. And I think Alana could definitely approve of all those tips. I think that they were spot on. I yes. think she would tell you the exact same thing. Yeah, I think she lived her life that way. <laughs> Don't you? I think she's going to teach Nico to live his life that way. Oh, I'm sure she will. Yeah. yeah. Passion. Yes. To find, and to find, find your that, passion. That's I'm sure right. he'll have that same sense of humor that she does, too. I love That's it. That's a little something extra. She was awesome. She has a lot of something extras, I she think. Has, Oh, yeah. Definitely more than one. Yeah. For sure. Well, on that note, thank you all for being here today. We are so blessed that we had you mm -hmm. and that we had Alana. I mean, she was just amazing. 
and you what? And, and, and Nico's oh, voice. And in the Nico and yeah. Nico's voice in the background. He definitely wanted to be a part of our interview, and we will get <laughs> him next time, won't we? Yeah. So thank you all for being a part of our <laughs> little something extra video podcast. Follow us on watch us on YouTube, or you could hear us streaming live on all the podcast platforms, right, Jeech? Right. All right. So end your day, start your day with Generation G. Come back, visit us again, look for Alana in the Olympics, and we will see you all soon.